Hello everyone, I am Manny. And I'm Wyo. Welcome back to the Kink Buffet Podcast. This is episode 6 of season 3. And we are lightening our load. We, we are. We are selling an RV we had in storage because we decided that we aren't going to need anything this big. And instead we're going to pick up a small little camper to pull behind our Jeep. So when it's too cold or too inconvenient to camp, we can just find a place and crash in the camper, right? Sure. And simplifying and being minimalistic. Well, the idea of the camper is really just to save us the hassle of setting up a tent and turning a picnic table or a rock into a kitchen. (laughs) <laughs> we can just pull over and have access to that and then leave. Because when we're only staying for one night and we get in late, we wind up getting a lot of hotels just because it's it's a hassle to try to find a place. So this will be our little compromise. But basically it's going to be a tent on wheels. It's going to be small, right? Yeah, that's the idea. We just need a bed. We're not going to carry more stuff than we have now. <laughs> But that's, yeah, how ex- how exciting for us. We mentioned on a previous podcast, it's been a few episodes, of a topic we were going to cover, and then things kept coming up, but it was on our checklist to come back to. Yeah, and it's in line with getting back to the basics and New Year's stuff, so it's our three rules of polyamory. Yeah, and the reason why we have rules is because just like the DS and the BDSM, we find that it helps to have structure Mm -hmm. and just a a platform to play under. And this has the goal of making for a successful relationship and, and being happy. And one approach... A lot of people do this. I've seen this a lot in the swingers community, is they have a lot of little rules. Mm-hmm. Right? You've seen this at like a swingers club. It, you know, they may not tell you this when you're playing with them, but right. there's this rule that says, okay, well, you always have to touch his cock before the new guy and make sure you look up at him when you're doing this. And you can play with her, but only if I get to have access to her first, but her husband can't touch you and there's not going to be any kissing. And Next thing you know, you have nine different rules just for one engagement. Right. Maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but... Not by much. Not by much. Right. And when they have a lot of little little rules, and I think... And it's even like a chat, a group chat. Everybody has to talk together. And you, you cannot message me when I'm not in the room. Mm-hmm. Or, I don't know. By the way, I don't think there's a thing wrong with that. There's not... Everybody has to process their stuff separately and individuals. And the idea of having these rules to protect your relationship and, and so no one gets hurt and mm-hmm. so there's no misunderstandings and no conflict. These aren't bad ideas. Right. And they're well-intentioned. And a lot of people need them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fair. So this is not a knock on that approach. Right. We have a little bit of a different approach. So before we talk about the rules, our idea of polyamory is about freedom. Well, we did a podcast on relationship anarchy, and that's kind of where we started each individually. So give a quick summary. And the idea of 
relationship anarchy is that the principles of anarchy re- apply to relationships. Kind of why it's called that. But that doesn't mean chaotic. It doesn't mean chaotic. It just means that you have autonomy. You have the ability to keep your relationship separate from government. But also, you know, some looser structure than all of the rigid guidelines that other people come up with. Well, And that's what I call freedom. Mm-hmm. It's the ability to just truly be yourself and pursue what you want to pursue mm-hmm. and pursue what makes you happy without certain restrictions on you. Right. And hierarchy and all of that. Yeah. And, and again, there's, that's not that this is better or, Excuse me. It's not that this is a better way to do polyamory. Mm -hmm. It's what works for us. It's what we came into this wanting. We just both wanted freedom. Right. But that doesn't mean there aren't important things that we, that over, not, not oversee, but... The overarching... The overarching theme of what we do. of our relationship... And the negotiation that had to take place in order to make sure that we are both respected as individuals in the process of having other relationships. And ultimately, we have three rules, but these rules don't have clearly defined definitions. One of them kind of does. But really, they just... Any little thing that happens, if it violates one of these three things... I mean, if it was a, a topic list, this is a category of rules. Right. And then we don't have to define each individual rule within there because th- these three trump everything. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of the golden rule. Yeah. You can have 50 different rules in your kindergarten class. Mm-hmm. But the golden rule probably applies to 43 of them. Right. And if you if everyone follows the golden rule, you don't have to write down the other 43. Right. If people can do it. And that's kind of what we have, right? Mm-hmm. Let's start with the one that's the... the most. It is the most clear defined. And that's just honesty. Right. Everyone says honesty is important in their relationship. Mm-hmm. People don't practice it. Right? I mean, this... Like, nobody disagrees with... I mean the most awful relationship in the world. Both people, even if they're cheating on their partners and lying all the time, if you ask them if honesty is important, they would swear up and down that that that's an important part of their relationship. Right. Why is it, like, what is different about us? I mean, we why have we named it as a rule when everyone kind of already knows it's something you should do? It's more of a, like... We just all, we came into it knowing up front that this was who we were and it wasn't going to change for this relationship. So it's not even honesty like you don't have to tilt your phone away when you're texting somebody. But it's just like we know this thing is happening so don't bullshit about it. Like if somebody else is getting involved then that's going to happen. So... Why do we have to play a game about it? And cutting through that layer of the expectation is where the liberation starts. 
I think that makes makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I like to think of it as we're basing everything we do on reality. Mm-hmm. And every other decision that we make about how to interact and how to follow the other two rules we have, how we treat each other, I mean, everything, if it's not based on reality, you're not going to do things right. In fact, you can't do things right. Right. If I don't know what's going on inside your mind, if I don't know what you want, what you desire, like, how could I possibly meet those needs? Right. And if something comes up in a conversation with somebody else, I don't have to try and be like, oh, well, this thing I heard the other day kind of turned me on. I just say, hey, I was talking to this other guy and... You know, we got to talking about spanking machines, and I really thought that was awesome. Wait, you talked to other guys? I <clears> thought it was just girls. No. I'm just kidding. Did I forget to tell you? Oh my god, have you been lying this whole time? This whole time. So, I think there's two sides to this. Mm-hmm. Because people say you need to be honest mm-hmm. in a relationship, right? Again, everyone agrees. But I don't think it's a one-sided thing. Right. I think it requires both sides because in order for you to be honest, I need to put you in a position where you where you can be honest. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And you could make the case that no matter how I respond, you should be honest anyways. And there's people who are going to be honest in spite of the reaction anyways. And, and I think that takes an incredible amount of strength to do that. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard. I think it's hard if I'm... If my honesty I know is going to hurt you, mm-hmm. or if you might judge me, or if I have to acknowledge a failing of mine, that's that's risky if I'm afraid of what's going to happen, right? Right. Do you think it's important to respond the right way? Do you think it's important to intentionally respond in a way that encourages honesty? Oh, absolutely. And we've had a little bit of when our mis- miscommunications come up, when sometimes I respond in in a way that I thought was just me saying something, and it maybe sounded like a criticism, and it's not really meant to be that way. Like, it, it's just somebody who talks really fast or something like that, for example. Like, I would say that about somebody we were standing next to in the line at the grocery store. But because we're talking about somebody you might be talking to with a, you know, a relationship context around it, sometimes those things get a little touchy. And so we have to do a little bit of balancing between is it just brutally honest or was that something that was directed to try and be divisive? Like, that's not what we do. So we have to return back to the fact that I'm not trying to to damage your other relationships or something like that, which may have happened in other, with previous partners. I think part of it is simply how you present the honesty mm-hmm. and how the person responds to it. Mm-hmm. If I tell you that I didn't like my dinner, I don't know, 
making stuff up. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the way that dinner tasted. That might hurt your feelings. Mm-hmm. That's just being honest. And I could fall back, well, hey, honesty is one of the core tenets of our relationship. I'm just being honest. Right. But I would also be honest if I say to you, I really appreciate the time you put into making that. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to taste what you cook tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I didn't really care for this one. Mm-hmm. Like, both cases are honest. Right. But it's one just a matter of framing it in a way that's respectful. That doesn't make me feel demeaned or unappreciated. I've heard people say this, and I've heard this from men. Mm-hmm. Who just, they almost brag about the honesty in their relationship. And they, <laughs> like, they'll say, look, I'm just going to be totally brutally honest with my wife. Mm-hmm. I'm just always honest with her. She appreciates that about me. She comes out in a dress and he looks at her and says, you look fat in that. Mm-hmm. And then defends him that those actions by, well, you told me to be honest. You always wanted to know what I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, you're kind of a douchebag partner when you do that. Mm-hmm. There are ways to say that honestly. Yeah. Uh, um, and it's both genders for sure. I've, yeah, well, I've you, seen plenty of women that do the same thing, but from a critical standpoint and it's just like it's the same thing just colored differently yeah okay so i'm looking at my guy friends who, yeah who brag about that uh-huh. as if that's an endearing quality and it's not right i don't think that every single time there's omission i don't think every single time you don't say something it is a lie of omission i don't think that is dishonest right if your wife comes out and she looks fat in something and you decide not to tell her because she's excited about her new dress, mm-hmm. I don't consider that a lie of omission. Mm-hmm. I consider that just human interaction in a way that shows care for somebody. Right. I mean, do you agree? Yeah. And in cases like that, like I have plenty of friends that, you know, girls do this between themselves too. And it's really, really like it can get so catty and ugly and a lot of times I'll I'll just say something different. Like, oh, if she asks, like, how her new pantsuit looks. I'm like, oh, I really like the purple one better. You know, it's still a valid opinion. I'm not degrading the way she looks. But it's honest. It's still... And it's still respectful of what her feelings would be if I gave her a criticism that was ugly. Well, I also think that... It helps to not put someone on the spot either. Mm-hmm. If you come out and say, do I look fat in this? <laughs> There's really no right answer. And I've heard guys complain you about are that. Pu- sure. You are being put in a position now where you e- either have to lie right, and hurt the person's feelings and maybe <laughs> de- derail the whole evening. Mm-hmm. Or, or tell well, them. I'm sorry, you, you're honest and derail the evening or mm-hmm. you lie and again, that's what what the term "little white lie" means. I'm not, I. I mean, we tell our kids about Santa Claus. I mean, we, we we don't. Well, some of us. Some of us. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I mean, there are categories of just it's not important. Mm-hmm. I don't consider those lies. Those are not relationship defining. Mm-hmm. Dis dishonesty. Right. I think, but. The other side is that when you're, when you're getting honesty is that you are put in an awkward position because honesty means being honest back. Mm -hmm. If you're afraid to be honest because you're going to hurt my feelings, 
but you are honest because we agree that honesty is important and my feelings get hurt. Now, if I express to you that my feelings have been hurt, now you're in a position of I was feeling like I wasn't receptive to the honesty because if you if you didn't want to hurt my feelings and or you didn't want to upset me, right? You were honest anyways, but my answer wasn't the one you wanted. Mm-hmm. But if I'm also being honest, I won't necessarily give you the answer that you want, right? right. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's it's just about how you present your your response as well, mm-hmm. right? I mean, if you told me this has never happened, but if you told me you were talking to some guy and you told me about it and I felt jealous, mm-hmm. my reaction of jealousy makes you want to not be honest on some level, right? Mm-hmm. But again, if I don't tell you how I'm feeling, then I'm not being honest back. But I, so I can say to you, it's really easy. I love that we have a relationship where you can talk to other men or women and I can talk to other women. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I'm feeling jealous over that. But I don't know why. Let's try to figure this out. Because that's not how I want to be. Right. Now, I've, now I'm honest with you, but I've also laid the groundwork for us progressing forward in the relationship. Right, exactly. And I think it's important to do it without emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that's being objective. and, and But thinking about problem solving in the future, right? It's about resolution and, and about that. Processing possible hang-ups that are just going to continue to erode the relationship if they're left untended. Right. So, yeah. So we're basing our reality, uh, a relationship on reality, mm-hmm. and with that honesty comes consequences. Mm-hmm. But those consequences lead to us becoming closer, not driving us apart. Right. That. A- that about sums that up. I think that's. Yeah. So, communication. Go figure. Mm-hmm. All right. The second one. This is big. Is that we both believe that we are responsible, each of us individually are responsible for protecting everyone's heart. And that is incredibly hard to do. Because, well, protecting everyone's heart does not mean just my partner. Mm-hmm. Well, we have multiple partners, so the... the it does not just mean Manny and Wyo. It just, yeah, it doesn't mean just us. It means protecting everyone's heart. Mm-hmm. And I have a theory about this. Which I I told you right at the beginning and you liked. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. So, the reason I have, why I've come up with this idea is that if you say, I only have a polyamorous lifestyle if everyone's heart is protected, that does not mean nobody gets hurt. Right. Because if nobody, if you wanted to avoid anybody getting hurt... Not only would you not have a polyamorous relationship, you wouldn't have a relationship. Mm-hmm. So they seem to be in conflict, right? We're going to protect everyone's heart while simultaneously saying it is okay for someone to be hurt. Mm-hmm. It's the type of hurt we're talking about, right? Right. So I like to think that there are two types of emotional pain that mm-hmm. come from relationships. Whether it's a marriage or just casual dating, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I suppose it applies to friendships and other things, but in this context, it's a romantic type of relationship. For sure. I think there's fair pain 
and there's unfair pain. Mm-hmm. And fair pain doesn't mean less painful than unfair pain. They can both be incredibly painful. For example, in a traditional monogamous relationship, one partner can tell the other partner, I'm not happy, I'm breaking up with you. Mm-hmm. That can be the most devastating moment of that person's entire life. Mm-hmm. Can be hearing those words and that person leaving their life. I mean, it's crushing, absolute, mind-numbing pain. It's not unfair. Yeah, if you've built a life around that person and all of your social network is interwoven in theirs and it's, you've got children and you've got investments and, I mean... But the, it's the actual splitting up with somebody... Shattering, yeah. Yeah, it's shattering, but it's not unfair. You have the right to leave a relationship. You're allowed to fall out of love or... It, it, it just happens. Yeah. Uh, the same type of thing if you have feelings for somebody and those feelings aren't re- reciprocated. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us have been through that. You're, you ask someone out, they won't go out with you. Or you ask them out once, they go out with you, but then don't want to go out again. Or you're working with them and you're, you're pining for them, but they're already married. Mm-hmm. That's painful. That's real pain. But it's not unfair. You have not been wronged when you feel this pain. Right. It just sucks balls. Is that the medical term? <laughs> That's not unfair pain. Right. Unfair pain is the type of pain that is caused or something was done, I don't want to say maliciously, but unfairly. Not even intentionally, but without regard to intent, for sure. Sure. Well, the intentional one would be someone cheating on you. Right. Someone cheats on you. I, I can tell you in my experience, I've had two parents die. I've had friends die. Mm-hmm. I've been through two divorces. Mm-hmm. I've had a couple women I was in love with cheat on me. And that was the most painful thing I've experienced in life. It was more painful for me than my parents dying. Some people might find that strange, but that was my worst moment. Mm-hmm. And a big part of it is that it was unfair. Yeah. I didn't deserve to feel what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. And, and it was also avoidable. The person didn't need to do that. Mm -hmm. Someone breaking up with you or not returning your love when you feel that way towards them, that's unavoidable in the sense that what do you want them to do, stick around? Or what do you want them to do, automatically marry you just because you feel that way towards them? No, I mean... Right. That's... It it was avoidable when those things happened to me. Mm -hmm. That's unfair. That type of pain can be avoided. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, another one would be somebody misleading you early in a relationship and turn out to be different than what they they showed. Right. Right. They're, they appear to be really sexual, and then next thing you know, you're married, and it turns out they're, they really weren't that into sex. Yeah. Um, a person who appears to be career-driven, and then you get you move in with them, and then all of a sudden they quit their job and want to play video games all day. Mm-hmm. And you go, whoa, wait a second. I, I was, I moved in with someone working their way up the corporate ladder with that I was going to build a future around. And it turned out that's not who you were. Right. I consider that unfair pain. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's avoidable and it's unfair that you were put in that position. It, it came from a point of dishonesty. Mm-hmm. Anything that starts in dishonesty is unfair pain. 
Right. And it's very common. I mean, you meet people in the world and everybody's got their kind of mask on and it, you kind of go through life and the more you know them, the eventually the mask slips. And, you know, hopefully you it's not something that's so such a tenant of your your relationship that it totally disrupts the whole thing but well, a lot of times it is yeah i and i think that part i'm sorry i i think a little bit of that is a, a little bit is part of the, <laughs> that's part of dating yeah i mean we're going to shave before our, our first date that we might not shave before the fifth date. Yeah, you're selling something. So, you're so, selling yourself. A little bit of that is okay. Mm-hmm. I remember a funny story. I had a friend who told me um, she was married and she was having problems, uh, marital problems. And um, she had told me, and she was just complaining about him. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah. She goes, you know the first time we had sex, the second we were done, you know what he did? He rolled off of me, went out to the living room, got high and watched Star Trek. And part of me thought, how wonderful. He told you from minute one that, <laughs> that that's what he was going to do after sex. If you didn't like that, then that that you knew right off the bat. Because mm-hmm. she was complaining that that's kind of the way he is now. And I'm like, what more could he have done than to do that the very first time? Right. <laughs> right? He that, was honest from the get-go. He was so honest. In, in there's his... nothing wrong with that, for sure. Okay, You so... chose to ignore it. That's on you. Exactly. So when it comes to polyamory, that's what I I think is that as long as that there's no unfair pain happening, mm-hmm. as long as nobody's being misled, as long as there's an honest representation of what to expect, then I don't think it's not that nobody gets hurt. But when I was traveling, if someone developed feelings for me, mm-hmm. as long as they knew exactly who I was, how I'm living my life. That's as far, I mean, that's as much as I can do. Right. You can't control that they develop feelings, but I you t- are upfront that the limit is set that and you're you, not probably not going to feel that way. And you've seen this because you've gotten to know some of my other partners and mm-hmm. you, the exact same thing happened with you. Mm-hmm. When, when we met, we were going to be here for four days and I told you I may not ever come back. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Like that's. This is what you get. If if you're okay with getting me for four days and us keeping a relationship as I travel and texting, and when I'm in town, I'm going to stop by. And hell, if we really hit it off, you can fly out and see me once in a while. Mm-hmm. But you were never once. I mean, I well, I'm asking you, were you. Did I ever give you the impression that I was offering more than what I gave? No. I fully expected I wasn't going to see you again. <laughs> I think I've said that a couple of times. On well, and that's what, when I traveled, that's mm-hmm. what, what happened. And mm-hmm. the challenge of it, honestly, was was when I was traveling, I, I would get less sex that way. Mm-hmm. Because I would tell everybody, look, I'm tomorrow, you know, I'm leaving in two days. Mm-hmm. I may not be back. If it is, it'll probably be next year. Mm-hmm. And there were plenty of... <laughs> Women who said, I just don't... That's not enough for me. That's not enough. Mm-hmm. There there were also some who thought, oh my God, that's great. You mean we can just have red hot monkey sex for two days and then I don't have to deal with it? Yeah. There were some who thought that was great, but I just, I put it all on the table every single time without exception. I was so clear. Yeah. And then if it didn't work... Yeah, and we still do that. Them, we, still, so we still do it. As we're meeting new people, the 
expectations are put out right away. Like, there is another person involved in my life. You well, know, you're, you're not going to be my husband. One of your partners, the one that I got to know, mm-hmm. that was taken to an extreme. And I've also done the exact same thing. So on top of this, one thing that we agree on, mm-hmm. and I'm speaking for you. Tell me if I got this wrong. I don't think I do. But one thing we agreed on is that even what I just said as far as letting the person know the situation still isn't enough. That's still not protecting their hearts if we feel as though the person can't handle this. Yeah. If I feel like even though I've told you this just based on the way you're looking at me or the way you're talking to me or your description of past relationships, if I know you're still getting hurt even though you're saying to me, that sounds good. I don't want commitment anyways. And mm-hmm. like I'm off the hook because I was honest. I could go ahead and just bury my head in the sand and pretend that, hey, that's your problem. I told you I was leaving. Mm-hmm. That's a cop out. Yeah. So. And what, without the travel, I had the same. And so that's, yeah, yeah, I've been doing a lot of the talking. So let me ask you, the, the one partner that I've met mm-hmm. of yours, that is exactly what happened when you met him. So yeah, share I, the story. And apart from you, this conversation was going on with him. And it was, you know, that I did not want to enter in the relationship because of his commitment levels. Like, he was looking for another... Well, he had only had one long-term relationship his entire life. And so he was ready to jump right back into that. And, you know, talking about moving in with somebody and having, you know, the family unit again. And I'm like, that is not me. You need to know that right up front. That is not what I ever want to have, like, the whole family thing. And I've done my family situation, and I don't want to have to raise children again and all this kind of thing. And so not only that, but I'm not going to just be seeing you. So... I have other partners already. I'm not going to stop seeing them just because you're in the picture now. And I fully encourage you to keep looking because I'm not, you know, probably not going to be somebody that you're always going to be with. And can you handle that? And he said, I can. And I was like, I really don't think so. I think you're going to get your heart broken. And you told him no. I told, yeah, at the end of the first date, I told him that I had a really great time, but I really think he needs to think it over, and I don't think we should continue having a relationship. Now, let me add something to, to this that's mm-hmm. important, is that one of your kinks that you really love is you find it fun to be with someone who's vanilla, who hasn't done a lot of kinky things, and you get to introduce them to kinky things. Well, I like so, first in general. Like, like if, if Dom brings a new toy to the dungeon and they've never hit anybody with it, I'm first in line for ooh, ooh, me, me, me. So when I, you, but, but the point of this is that uh-huh. when you told him no, uh-huh. that was a scenario where you were looking at somebody thinking that you were going to have fun with this one. I was going to have so much fun because there's a whole bunch of new stuff that, I could introduce him to. Yet you still told him. Yet you still t- told him no. I was his willing heart... to deny myself the fun of that over saving him from heartache because I knew once, especially when you're trying out all these new things and having such a great time, like he was gonna fall head over heels for me, and I did not want that to be a heartbreak when he 
you know, when he realized I'm really, really not going to be monogamous and, you know, in this long-term commitment thing with you, I don't want marriage and government control of my relationships and stuff like that. So it was, it was hard for him to hear that. And I saw it in his face and I'm like, this is not going to work for you. And I don't want to do this to you, even though I know it'll be a lot of fun for me. And fun for him. Mm-hmm. But he was going to get his heart broken. Mm-hmm. And the only reason you ended up pursuing something with him was that he made the case to you. And by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm interjecting here because mm-hmm. I, I know him now and have gotten to know him and I've heard some of this from him. Right. And I'm going to share a story, a similar story with someone who you've gotten to know and know. So we both have, we're familiar with each other's private lives. Right. And the people... But he made the case to you, basically, I'm a grown man, I can handle this, if I get hurt, it's my choice, I have never had the opportunity to explore this part of my sexuality before, Mm -hmm. please give me the opportunity, and if I get hurt, I'm making an educated, informed informed decision, decision. Mm -hmm. right? Right. And then that's that's the only reason you opened up to it. Right, and at that point, I'm like, okay, well... You know what you're getting into, then I'm okay with it because I to, I feel off the hook now because you are making you are going to be responsible for your reaction. But he had to convince you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as it turned out, just as an after story, that he had troubles with certain things, but he actually did pretty good. Yeah. We, all, all things considered, it was. Yeah, we had a few challenges along the way, but... There was a lot of talking. Mm -hmm. Well, you also then took on the responsibility when you took this on that you knew that there was going to be tears. Right. Even metaphorically. Right. That you knew that you were going to have to invest in that. You weren't just going to go play with him and then let him deal with it. You knew, like, you chose to actually take on some of the emotional responsibility of protecting him. Right. I'm making sure that he understood that I wasn't being cold and heartless when I went out with somebody else. Like, remember, we talked about this. Is there anything that you need to know to make you feel better about it? Do you need to say things, you know, right. and processed it all with him? It wasn't just, well, I'm going out with so-and-so now and good luck with crying tonight and while right you're about, sitting Well, home. right about then you met me and mm-hmm. you were going to be spending four, I was getting into town for four days. Mm-hmm. Not long. It was after about this. a. It was about a week and a half later. I met you, or well, I had met you on the phone, but then you were coming to town. I was going to so. be in town, right. and so one example is is that when we both agree that when we're with somebody else, we're present with them. So mm-hmm. if if I was off with somebody else, I'm not interrupting my evening with them to call you because then I'm not present with them. I'm not getting to enjoy that experience with them. Right. And we both agree this is the correct way to have other relationships so mm-hmm. you you let him know that yeah. when you don't hear from me it does not mean that i'm mad it doesn't mean you did anything wrong right i am not going to be calling you for the next four days and i probably won't return your texts or anything and if you text, until and just manny's gone but mm-hmm. as soon as he's gone i can't wait to see you in fact we can even make plans now for after right manny's gone mm-hmm and so, like, you, like, took precautions that you, this next four days will be hard for you. What can I say 
to put your heart at ease those four days mm-hmm. as best as I possibly can. And if it hurts you, nothing unfair happened. Right. That was your choice to be involved with someone who's going to see other people. Right. I mean, it's it's great. And you kept a good relationship with him. Mm-hmm. I still do. We Even though we've moved in separate directions, like we still text occasionally and check in and and how the other one's doing and jobs. And he's and still stuff. in my contact list. Yeah. Like, he's on my phone. Mm-hmm. He's, in, he's, a, he's a good guy. Okay, now I had um, a, a different outcome, but same type of situation. Mm-hmm. I was... Went out to dinner with somebody mm-hmm. that I really liked. That I didn't even meet on a... I met outside of the dating world. But we went out. We had a great evening out. And it was really, I mean, she's awesome. Mm-hmm. And I was attracted to her. Just all the things that would lead to romance of some kind. Right. And afterwards, I asked her if she wanted to grab dessert. And she said, yeah, I got dessert by, you know, by, you know, there's a place by my house. We'll go grab dessert, come back to my place. I'm a grown man. I get, you know. This is what's happening, right? Mm-hmm. The dots are connecting for sure. The dots are connecting. Doesn't right. mean that someone invites you over that they're obligated. Don't, don't get no hate mail. Uh-huh. But I, I could tell by her response to me, and then like I, that's where it was going. Uh-huh. But as I was getting to know her throughout the evening, I was starting to think this isn't going to work for her. Mm-hmm. She's not really thinking this through. She's just turned on mm-hmm. and attracted to me, flattered, mm-hmm. but. I was just seeing red flags going off, bing, bing. And then we, but we grabbed dessert. We went back to her place. We had dessert. All indications. I mean, you can tell when someone's sitting next to you and touching you more than you should. I mean, I know, again, I'm not, there's no misunderstanding. I know what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I finished my dessert and I said, as soon as I was done, I said, I need to go. And I remember her response was, she said, oh, she, uh, yeah, that probably, I got to get up early too. Yeah, it's probably a good idea that you go. Like she all of a sudden was agreeing with me, but she was kind of like beside herself, right? She's like right. confused. And I didn't want to hurt her feelings by leaving either. So I just immediately got in the car and drove off. And as I'm pulling out of the driveway, I literally texted her. I said, you know, I wanted to fuck you, right? My exact text were. And her response, she said, well, then why didn't you? Uh-huh. And so I, I, I called her and I said, She's like, why did you, why did you go? I didn't want you to go. And I said, because you're going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. And now she already knew the polyamory thing. She knew I'd seen other people. And she says, she's like, what do you mean? I, I said, because of the way I live my life. And she goes, well, you already told me how you, you live your life. I get it. I was fine with that. And I was like, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, I would have been. And I said, I go, all right, use your imagination. Imagine I stay the night. Imagine I stick around the next three days. We don't leave the bedroom for three days, practically. Mm -hmm. Monday morning, I get up, and I leave. And I'm driving to the next town. And I'm on the phone with you, and I tell you I have a date that night. I'm going to... You won't be able to get me tonight. I'm going to be spending the night with somebody else. And, of course, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to be honest about all this. I said, how does that make you feel? And she goes... Well, that would be horrible. That would really, really hurt. Mm-hmm. And I said, you haven't thought this out. And she went, oh, I think you're right. I didn't. Right. 
And so she objectively knew how to live my life, but she didn't take it to the next step. How is that life going to affect me? Right. I felt responsible for her. Just because I was honest with her didn't mean I could just fuck with her heart. Mm-hmm. Like, I would have been wrong for me to do that. Right. And she's such a sweet person. And she has since now become one of my closest friends. She's mm-hmm. one of your best friends. Mm-hmm. We've never slept together. We're never going to. Right. I, and by the way, I'm totally attracted to her. So are you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. No, she is. I mean, she's mm-hmm. a beautiful person and she's, I think she's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And she's not even, I mean, she's even pretty sexual. Mm-hmm. I just, I'll never, like, I don't, she'll never disconnect from her heart. So we're just, we're friends. But we have this amazing friendship because of that. Mm-hmm. But so the idea of protecting everyone's heart doesn't just mean if I'm honest then I get to do whatever I want because I, I was up front with you. Right. It means actually thinking it through and saying no one deserves to have their heart hurt. Right. And, even and I'm it, not going to do what I want at the expense of somebody else. No. But having said that, if it does not mean that somebody, one of my partners, won't ever desire more from, from me than I'm able to give them and that doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. We can all get hurt. Mm-hmm. It's just not unfair hurt. Right. Now, here's something that may be in conflict now. Mm-hmm. So, what if there is conflict in you living the life that you want to live, that you've chosen to live, that I've agreed that you can live? Mm-hmm. and this rule we have against protecting my heart. If you pursue something with this individual, I'm going to be hurt by it. Well, I would be breaking the rule of protecting your heart if I chose to do that. What if I told you... What if I told you that I can't handle you being with anybody else? If you, you being with other people is going to hurt my heart... That you would not see anybody else because of the rule, one of our rules about being polyamorous, but above the rule of how to be polyamorous successfully is the the rule that we're going to be polyamorous, right? Right. Like that kind of trumps that. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm not throwing this out because I'm trying to set you up because I have an answer. I think this is a fair question. You're going to protect your partner, but then all of a sudden something is hurting your partner, but you want to pursue this life. I think that can really easily be in conflict. I don't want to hurt you, but I want to, I need to do this to be happy. Well, I think the difference is if it's like a specific person that's the problem, then we can work that out and figure out why that person is a trigger or eliminate that that other connection if it's an issue. If the idea is that I was not allowed to see anybody now, then that's a complete shift on the relationship between us. So we would... And it, would it would just probably mean that I'm not a good potential so partner. So we're no longer a good fit. We're not a good fit. hmm But individually, you would make concessions. Yeah. If there was somebody... Like, I don't have any doubt that if there was somebody who was... a maybe manipulation that I can't see or some kind of red flag that I'm not getting because I'm 
you know, in a new relationship and excited about it, then yeah, if you bring that up, then okay, we'll assess that. But if it's that all of a sudden there's a hard stop to all my other relationships, that's a problem. So I think some of this also falls under the category of fair pain and unfair pain. Mm-hmm. You are, we, we have negotiated, well, we, we've agreed this is who we are. We've negotiated the structure and whatever we call rules, mm-hmm. how we're going to pursue. You are not doing something unfair by seeing other people. That If I feel pain from that, it is not unfair. Right. And protecting my heart, I think, would just mean a willingness on your part to spend as much time and effort as necessary to help my heart not be hurt mm-hmm. while also not giving up this thing you want. Well, and that may be pulling back from relationships for a small period of time to help you process or reconnect, you know, more securely between us or something like that. That happened with someone actually who interviewed us mm-hmm. for, for their podcast. They mm-hmm. talked about their partner said, well, she wanted to pursue something with somebody. Their partner says, that didn't make me feel good, but I don't know why. Her response was to, to say, well, then I'm not going to pursue anything with this other person for now. For now. Mm-hmm. Let's try to figure this out. And ultimately, they did figure out why it was a problem. They did figure out what was causing the pain. Mm-hmm. And then she ended up pursuing something with that other person, and her partner didn't have a problem with it. Right. So it was not a permanent disconnect sp- of the others. Yeah. No. Okay, I'm just wondering cuz I think that's a that's a big thing which is I don't I mean nobody wants I mean I don't think anybody wants to hurt their partner. You are, you're in a, a married couple and you're pursuing this new lo- lifestyle. Mhm. And, well, and that knowing might... that, knowing that it's going to hurt the other person, what do you, you know, that's tough. And that might be a knee-jerk reaction when the other person's like, oh, this doesn't feel good, then you feel like, okay, everything has to stop. I can't handle this anymore. No, and that's you know, that and is that's not the absolute wrong way to, to per, look at I it. I agree. Mm-hmm. I think the idea, as much as anything, of protecting the person's heart in that situation is just the willingness to go down the hole with them mm-hmm. for where they're feeling. Yeah. I don't believe you ever have the right to tell someone else how much pain they are allowed to feel and how long they're allowed to feel it. Right. If if someone isn't feeling good, but you want to pursue this thing because it's important to you, then you have to accept that there's a trade-off. It may involve some hugs, some conversations, some arguments. Tears, yeah. Tears. Mm-hmm. And you... In that scenario, do not get to decide for the other person how much is enough. Mm-hmm. Hey, we already talked about that. Do we need to talk about that again? Right. That's bullshit. Yeah. You cannot decide for someone else. That's like telling someone who lost a loved one who's still crying over it. Telling them they're not allowed to still be hurt. Mm-hmm. It's it's wrong. Time for grieving is done. Time for grieving yeah, is done. Time, it's time to move forward. What do you mean? You're telling me it's time to move forward? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you know, not, it's not a kind and respectful way to treat people at all. So, No. Yeah. And your choice, if you have to, I was going to use the word coddle. Coddle sounds condescending. Mm. If you have to talk to me and have conversations with me and I keep telling you how much it hurts and 
if you do feel like it's going too long for you mm-hmm. and you're no longer willing to be there for me because, oh my God, it's been X amount of time and you're still crying every day over this, mm-hmm. then you leave. Then, or you choose to give it up. Say, I don't, I won't be polyamorous because this is more important or we're not a good fit because I'm not capable of giving you any more than I'm already giving you. Mm-hmm. You have the choice to step out of the relationship. That's not unfair. Right. And, but that's, that's just what it is. But if you want to continue in the relationship and keep it working. Then you have to decide where, where the line is. And I, I do think the other person who's hurt also has a responsibility to try to move forward past the pain. Mm-hmm. I mean, the amount of people I've known in my life that like being the victim, they mm-hmm. like That's true. feeling sorry yeah. for themselves, they like pity, they want sympathy. And if that is where you're coming from, meaning I'm getting some need met when you're feeling sorry for me, therefore, as long as you pursue that relationship, I'm going to continue to feel pain because I'm getting some other need met out of it. That's also a failing on my part. Right. Isn't it's it? The, it's like the the kid who acts out because negative attention is better than no attention at all. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to be trying to move forward. Mm-hmm. you you got to be trying to push past it. You have to see the future where you are no longer hurt by this. Mm-hmm. And that might take getting some counsel Ooh. outside of the relationship too, like talking to other polyamorous people that can tell you there is light at the end of the tunnel or, you know, just get to the other side of this. and Or accepting that it's not for you and then that, mm-hmm. that your partner who wants to be polyamorous might not be your fit. Right. Or they might need to give this up if they're willing to. Mm-hmm. And even if they want to be polyamorous, there's nothing wrong with choosing not to be and giving that up any more than it's wrong to choose to give up all my friends and move to another state because you got a job. I mean, we can choose to sacrifice for our partner right. as adults, but it depends how much you're willing to give up. Is mm-hmm. it a need or a want? Is polyamory something you want to do or is it something that you need in your life? If it's something you need, then that's just the person's going to have to accept it and you're just going to have to work with them if, if it's a want then you can decide what you're willing to give up or how much you're willing to give up right yeah because it could be solved by going frequency. out less yeah I, I, it can 100 percent yeah. be frequency mm-hmm. one night a week i want you know okay that's fine mm-hmm. it can be in, solved in all sorts of compromise right like hey you know, after dinner, it's all, it's all, it's us time. Mm-hmm. I don't want you chatting with. I don't, you know, I don't care who who you talk to when you're at work all day. Mm-hmm. You know, in the evening, that's my time or whatever it is that you need. That right. you've, you've honestly, because honesty is important, mm-hmm. expressed that you need. Yeah. And you either give it to them or you compromise or you you split. Mm-hmm. But protecting someone's heart. The point is, protecting someone's heart could be in conflict. Right. With with wanting to pursue this life and then that's hard mm-hmm. and this applies to the other partners too not just in a primary situation when they want more than you have to give like you have to draw the lines and make sure that they're not being strung along or that they're not pining for expectations that they have that you are not able to fulfill yeah that's right because you want to protect their heart also when mm-hmm. they 
when you pull back from them, mm-hmm. now protecting their heart compared to your primary partner's heart, that's, a lot of that is relative to our third rule, mm-hmm. which is our our rule is, is that we're going to protect our connection. Right. Now, that is not a rule that applies to every polyamorous situation, and especially not polyamorous anarchy. Right. Because in a situation where you're simply seeing other people and every other person is equal to you, just like your friends, you may have more fun with one friend than another, but you wouldn't value their life more than another. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't value... Like, like they're all just important to you, and they all in different ways. Mm-hmm. So, when you're having that type of, of dynamic, you're not prioritizing one connection over the others. Right. That's where we started. Mm-hmm. We started with, you had two male partners and a female partner when I met you. Yeah. And I was, I mean, you might have thought I was the bee's knees, but I wasn't more important to you than them mm-hmm. for a while, right? Right. And the same thing. I mean, I thought you were cool as shit. We talked on the phone every single day, but I didn't feel stronger towards you than anybody else. Mm-hmm. I cared about you. But I cared about other people. Mm-hmm. And my feelings towards those other people have not gotten any less. Right. I still have partners that I love. Mm-hmm. You have partners that, that you love. Right. That hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. But me and you have evolved into something more. Right. And if you labeled it, you would call it a, a primary partner. Right. That's, a, that's the polyamorous label for it. I hate labels, but it's kind of accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, when it comes down to it, we've quarantined together. We decided not to, it's, while we were quarantining starting in March, we weren't going to have physical contact with anybody else. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, we have grown closer. Right. So now we're in a situation where there is a hierarchy to whose feelings we're going to protect. Mm-hmm. When you have um, equal partners, you're just trying to balance everybody being happy and everybody getting their needs met and no one's feelings getting hurt and everybody feeling loved. You're trying to balance that equally. Yeah. Now with you, and tell me if it's the same for you, but now with you, I have just as much, it's just as important that I do those same things for the other, my other partners, that they feel loved and cared for and respected and they get my time and all those things, but they're not equal. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, if it comes down to it, you're, you come first, right? Right. But that doesn't, I mean, again, it doesn't mean you're dismissing them. I mean, you have a best friend and you have other friends. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean your other friends don't matter or that you're blowing them off. But at the end of the day, your best friend is the one you give a kidney to. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> right? Like, that's that's whose kids you look after when if something happens to them. I mean, there, mm-hmm. there's, there's, we have a hierarchy in friendships, don't we, usually? I love I my think, friends, but I would die for that one. I think... The idea behind protecting the connection is just more about keeping people who who are, who seem to be seeking to divide out of the picture. If they 
if they are someone who, and I've seen this with other metamors, of course, that get in the middle and be like down talking or I don't know what the word is, like in, intentionally degrading the other partner or saying, oh, you know, like, oh, you're going with her again. Or I'll, whatever, make, like, I'll make this really simple. Like mm-hmm. what you're saying is exactly true. I have seen it as well. Yeah. If, if you and I, well, I was going to say if we were traveling, if we were traveling and mm-hmm. another woman jumped on board and was traveling with us, mm-hmm. <clears throat> if you said, I'm starting to have a problem with her mm-hmm. and it's, it's starting to not work that she's here, well then ultimately she's going to go. Right. If that woman who's traveling with us says to me that she has a problem with you and it's really not working with her, she's going to go. Right. Ultimately, the solution is going to be her leaving, not you. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean in our day-to-day interactions that I'm going to show... I mean, if, if a woman was traveling with us, I'm going to show her just as much as love as I show you, right? Mm-hmm. You, you wouldn't want it to be different than that. No. I will give her as much of attention, as much care, as much love, as much time. Mm-hmm. We're all equals, unless there's a problem. Right. And when there's a problem, ultimately, you trump. Mm-hmm. And But that was not something that just happened. That was a decision we made, that we were moving into a, a different level of our relationship. Mm-hmm. That's where the whole DS dynamic comes in, mm-hmm. the whole negotiation of where we stand. Yeah, that's really when it changed. It did change. Because there's additional negotiation that took place around. Well, one of the agreements, one of the negotiated agreements in our power structure was that I would never do, I'm sorry, I would make sure that everything that happened in our life ultimately led to you and I being together. Mm -hmm. That I wasn't going to let anything happen that would pull us apart. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we get to pursue our little polyamorous world and our other relationships and our kinks and all these other things up into a point where if any of them threatened us, mm-hmm. you have trusted me to make the decision yeah. that will protect us. Mm-hmm. And I will. And I don't think in all polyamorous relationships, that really is the, like the protecting the connection Mm -hmm. isn't even a part of a lot of other relationships. And I don't mean this in a bad way, but the, the last woman that I was with before I moved back here, when she got into a relationship with somebody else, Mm -hmm. I was simply happy for her and stopped texting her. And I loved her, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't, there was at no point was I going to protect our connection. Protecting our my connection with her would have meant trying to harm their relationship. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, protecting my connection was the opposite of what I would do with her. Right. And in a protecting every connection. I mean, I mean, I know you protect your connections with your friends, mm-hmm. but but not really. Your friends are also free to get married and not have time for you and move away. Right. And you don't sabotage them in order to keep them in town or sabotage their relationship so they have more time with you. Right. It would be incredibly unhealthy for somebody to do that with anybody. So in a sense, the connection, 
you love them and care for them and you could you could have all these wonderful things about your relationship but that connection isn't necessarily protected mm -hmm. the way a husband and wife will protect their connection mm -hmm. i mean in, in a traditional monogamous relationship your husband and wife should come before each other's parents should come before each other's sisters and brothers and friends and coworkers mm -hmm. um, other than kids you protect that marriage above all else mm -hmm. if you want to have a good relationship. And so we have some of those elements that we've, I think we've probably borrowed them from the monogamous world, but that's, that's what we're doing. We have the monogamous components of this relationship in some ways, right? Like we come first. Yeah. And we've even talked about that if, If I have a, a relationship with someone outside of you, that's my relationship with them. Mm -hmm. If you have a relationship outside of me, that's your relationship with them. But if someone, if a woman joins our relationship, she is entering our bubble. Mm -hmm. Right? Ultimately, she, that's the role she's in. Now, ironically, though, we have, what we have talked about is that in the right situation, we could have an, an equal triad relationship. With the right person that could evolve into that. But that but is not in some unicorn hunting way where they have to have oh equal God, no, love no, for both no, of no, us no. or I, whatever. I don't, no, I don't mean that right. at all. What I mean is, is that ultimately we can have a relationship that is balanced and equal and mm -hmm. like where we haven't ruled that out any more than we ruled out monogamy or any other. Right. Like we're free tomorrow to choose where this goes. Mm -hmm. But that isn't something we're seeking when some, when we, we meet someone together. Right. When we meet someone together... We are making a wonderful connection and loving somebody. Right. But it's still our bubble that they're joining. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense in my mind. I don't, I, don't <laughs> know if, I don't know if it translates to words. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the other rule. I mean, you feel the same way, right? Yeah. And that anybody who joins our relationships would not be welcome if they're, if they are divisive with any of the other partners no so no yeah. That, well, yeah that's actually true with anybody mm -hmm. else and that's where in the ds structure you've given me control over that right if i find something in that relationship that's not healthy for us mm -hmm. that person there's no gray area mm -hmm. ultimately if if you by the way that doesn't even mean intentionally mm -hmm. if somebody enters into our world and all of a sudden, we aren't having the relationship we're having now. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if that person did nothing wrong. We're also going to, they're not going to be a part of this. Right. But I don't think it's, it's not intentional. But if we meet a good, caring, loving person that doesn't have those qualities, that they're not going to harm our relationship. If, if we're not doing good because of their existence, there is something about them, even if it's unintentional. Mm-hmm. That needs to just not be part of our world. Well, and we've said, like, the, the whole goal is that the people that we meet, their life should be better because we're in it, and ours should be better because they are in ours. So and if we're not better because they're in it... Then the relationships all need to be reassessed, so... So we're going to protect our connection. Mm hmm So we're honest, so we can deal with reality. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. And also protect everybody's heart in the process. Protect everybody's heart. Mm -hmm. And 
we can do that while still protecting our relationship above everything else. Yep. Do we have any other rules that don't fall underneath that umbrella? No. Because after we have laid the groundwork for that, you call who you want, you text who you want. If, If it weren't for COVID... If you met someone right now, I'd drive you over and drop you off if you wanted to see them. Mm-hmm. Or you'd, you'd probably invite me over. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably, you know, but mm-hmm. if I didn't feel like going, you wouldn't be required to stay here. We don't have any of those types of rules. We don't have time limits. We don't have numbers. We don't right. have anything. Mm-hmm. We just have to always ask those three questions with everything. Yeah. It works for me. Does that work for you? I think it's rather nice. I think we're doing okay. Mm-hmm. You think we'll make it? <laughs> I guess we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check with us in two years. If the podcast is still going, then then uh, our philosophy is, has worked for us. If, uh, if we're single, my email address is... <laughs> Kinkbuffet at gmail.com. Wait, wait, if we split up, (laughs) wait, who gets the email if we split up? Oh, no. But the nice thing about, here's the great thing about being, about our polyamorous world, is if for some reason you met someone that was a better fit than me, you would not be polyamorous. I would still be in your world. Mm Mm-hmm. You would still be it in would mine. Just change. It would change our dynamic. Mm-hmm. But one beautiful thing about polyamory is that it's not an all or nothing. If you very true. If you go a different direction, you don't have to abandon the things that you love about the person that you're with. You get to keep all those things. Mm-hmm. I don't see that happening. <laughs> Honestly. Well, nobody can foretell the future, but. Hopefully, That's true. You it's might not meet anytime someone. soon. <gasps> what if you meet somebody younger than me? I'm getting up there in years. <laughs> I'm 51. I'm pretty much like... I'll trade you in for 225s. I have like two years left of sex. And, <laughs> and then it's over. I could probably wear out 225s. So, I might think about that now. Hmm. Yeah, and, and I've actually tried... <laughs> actually, that's really funny because I I had something with 224s. <laughs> And, and, and it was absolutely, it was wonderful, except when they talked. (laughs) I'm sorry to all of our actually mature 24 year old listeners out there. I'm sure you can hold an adult conversation. These specific two 24 year olds could not. And it was far more annoying than erotic. (laughs) There, I just, how about that? Let's take our demographics on our stats and let's see how many of our audience I just pissed off. Yeah. You're just alienating people like left and right. Like, 8% of our audience are like, screw those old people. Screw, <laughs> screw that old guy. What are you going to do? I'm okay with it. Yeah, well, we'll meet more people. And <laughs> on social media, all of our contacts are on kinkbuffet.com. If you want to reach out and <clears throat> ask us questions or give us feedback on this episode. Tell us where we're wrong. Or how about this? If you're in a polyamorous relationship, what are your rules? Yeah. Like, what do you do? To make this thing work for you. We'd love to hear it. Yeah, of course. We, the more we learn, the better. and We can all grow together and build a community. And that's what this is really about. Not feeling isolated and feeling that there are other people out here that are doing this successfully. And That this actually can yeah. work. It can. It can, if it's who you are. 
Mm-hmm. If it's not who you are, try something else till you figure it find out. Find something else. It's not for you. But if it is, mm-hmm. you never know. Until next time. Bye. <laughs>